What's going on, Trophy Kids? We've got an awesome one here for you today. We are covering week two of college football. We have an official card out for the first time. We are recapping some of last week's games, breaking out the big three this week. It is a great episode. We're also giving out our first ever Millennial of the Week trophy. We've got an actual trophy for that now, but it's a great one. Let's go. And welcome Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is September 10th. We are back for week two of College Football Show. How are we doing, gentlemen? We are doing fantastic. Don't it well. was a great weekend. Phenomenal weekend. Loved the college football slate we had. Some people were complaining because you had conference games kicking off the season. They wanted a little warm-up. I loved it. I loved that we immediately got teams going at it. Some teams got ranked a little too high, which we're going to talk about our kind of biggest surprise and biggest disappointments of the week, which I'm sure that will filter into that category. But I don't know about you guys. I loved the fact that we had some conference games going on early. We had like we got right into it. One of the most one of the worst things about college football is how long it takes to get good games going where you don't really see that in any other sport. I would totally agree with that. Yeah, especially because in basketball, you usually play those early tournaments, so you get to see those good games, and then teams go back to their cupcake schedules. But this year, we saw, like you said, we saw a lot of conference games. Also, I like having the conference games early because it gives us a good gauge, potentially, on where those teams are. Um, when it's, you know, you don't really get that when you're putting up 50 against whoever Southern school or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes. No. Uh, no. No. Bishop Sycamore games on our schedule this year. No. Well, um, Alabama, Miami may have qualified for, for that. <laughs> even though they might qualify for it, but um, I love being able to at least see, even if it's a little bit of a disappointment for where your team is at the start of the year, you at least get to see kind of where your team's trending, um, which is nice, rather than just having a cupcake game against a directional school and just moving on with life. It doesn't play too well, I think, into our, our gambling favor because it, it allows Vegas to maybe accurately represent some of these teams further down the line. Like the, the lines adjust a little bit better. Like there are times during the season and past seasons where the lines are just so out of line because teams have just been destroying mm-hmm. such lower competition. And you, if you're watching the games, you know. Um, but if you're just a dad and driven guy, then you can easily get got by those lines. Um, but yeah, Absolutely. it's great. The first two weeks are going to tell us a lot about a lot of different teams. I think that's a, a good segue into kind of our biggest surprise and disappointments of the week. Um, I'll start my biggest surprise. The impact of fans. Love it. I My dumb COVID brain forgot to account for fans. So it is accountability Thursday over here at the Cook Residence. Hand up. I fucked up with that. Like that UNC Virginia Tech pick should have never been given out. I the Right before the game when Enter Sandman was going, I literally said out loud, Oh fuck! Um, like it was, it was a bad pick. I just had forgotten about fans and like the impact they have, just the enormous impact they have on college football. Like it is awesome to see, but like they make average teams or slightly above average teams great for a night. We saw it with Florida State. I texted you, Tim. Like you texted me on Sunday and we're like, "What's the play here?" And I my rationale was simply like. Florida State has a ton of recruits in the building. It's going to be rowdy as hell. I'm going Florida State. Like, it had nothing to do about, like, where I had positioned those teams preseason. And what happened? Florida State played way above their potential and made that a game. Like, balled out. So, fans were my big surprise because I remembered, oh, fuck, that's right. They matter in college football a lot. <laughs> yeah, even in the Indiana-Iowa game, too. You saw Indiana struggle in a always tough place of Iowa, and I did not factor that in. I thought Indiana was going to be good. I thought – Thought Iowa could be could struggle a little bit this year, but Iowa's just Iowa, and Indiana's kind of resorting back to the mean a little bit this year. Yeah, it was. I'm. It's just absolutely insane. Um, so fans were my big surprise. I don't know about what what you guys have for surprises of the week. I have a couple, but that was my number one surprise of the week. I think um, mine. Oh, go ahead, Tim. Go for it. I think Downtown. mine is going to be how dominant Zach Charbonnet was um, against the LSU defensive line. Uh, to watch him just plow through that. This is LSU we're talking about. Even a bad LSU team still has a good D-line, and Zach Charbonnet ran all over the field. And it's more surprising because it shows how much he was underutilized at his previous school. 
um, the University of Michigan. But yeah, I you know I'm happy for him that he's on that team with. See, I, I am not a Chip Kelly fan, um, but at least the offensive coordinator there seems to be competent, uh, and that's my big surprise. Dude, I round of applause for us. We absolutely nailed that UCLA LSU game. I mean, we literally sat here and was like, if they're not careful, Dante, you said it, they'll be on the back end of a twenty point deficit, and that's. Ex- I mean, they ended up getting within that number towards the end. But that's ex- we sat here and we're like, L- or UCLA is not going to be bullied. They're not going to show up and be like, oh god, here comes the big bad SEC team, which they are the better athletes. They're the better defensive line. They're the better defense. They're not going to be bullied. They're not going to be afraid. And they absolutely weren't. I mean, they embarrassed LSU flat out. <laughs> flat out. It, now, I did say through the air, and they did it mostly on the ground. But, you know, details. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they still had some good passing yards there. Um, <laughs> it wasn't entirely off. But, yeah, we just we were perfect there. I mean, my – well, I'm going to go back to my UNC pick. I had a couple that were just wild. But, yeah, that was a, that was a nice surprise to see that it wasn't just a fluke on the running game because he looks – so good. I was with a, a buddy of ours over the weekend, and he was trying to rip on him a little bit, like, oh, well, he just couldn't fit in at Michigan because Michigan isn't a fan of the one-back system. There's just too many great backs. And I was like, I'm sorry. Excuse me, sir. Are you watching this man? This man yeah, has perfect I, body control. He's a fantastic How can you back. watch that game and say that? <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but he only had nine carries in the first game and 11 carries in this game. Like, He's not really a one-back guy. He just averages over 10 yards a carry. Absolutely. (laughs) He's phenomenal. (laughs) I mean, imagine if UCLA gave him more run, too. Oh, God. Yeah. And they probably will when they start to realize what they have there. I mean, it is it. It's a good. It's a well. It's becoming a well-oiled machine over there. Now, let's not get too crazy. They're not winning the Pac-12, yeah. I don't think. But it is, as we kind of said, the ship is turning. It is turned, and they are starting to. They're starting to go. They're still in the wake zone a little bit. They're not full blast off, but it is. It's an impressive turnaround right now. Tim, you have any uh, surprise of the week? Yeah, so I guess my surprise. It's going to be a homer one, but my surprise is that there were actually some Spartan dogs on the team. I mean, there were some real athletes. Finally, it's the first time in a long time that I've seen some athletes on the field suit up for the green and white. Um, so that was great to see. That was a big surprise. I probably I was at a wedding during the game, and I probably sat there staring at my phone with like my jaw on the table the whole time not understanding what I was seeing. I didn't know how to process it. I don't want to get too overhyped for them, but they're starting to trend in the right direction, and it is a lot of fun to see. It was, That was a great game. Dante, you were there. I thought that was that was a very well-played game. I mean, also, we we sort of nailed that. We, we really nailed the, outside of the Wisconsin-Penn State game, really nailed the Big Ten as a whole over this past weekend. Yeah, transfer you. <laughs> AKM <AKMS, AKMS laughs> showed out in Evanston on Friday, um, and I was in the building. Uh, the crowd was about 60 40, so um, 60 uh, Wildcats, 48% Spartans. But once we got loud, that it, it probably was the end of it. Um, watching, um, watching Kenneth just the first play of the game, I lost my mind. I just <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. I haven't seen – I've been to, I don't know, countless MSU games. I don't know the last time I've seen something like that. And to hear Peyton Thorne just say, oh, yeah, when he ran that, we see him run that in practice all the time. Like, just warmed my heart. <laughs> it's good. absolutely insane watching something like that going. Oh, uh, that is true. I had uh, two other surprises I'll, I'll slowly bring up. Uh, Penn State's defense, which we can talk about in – on my disappointment side was Wisconsin as a whole, but the Penn state defense showed out <laughs> the offense performed. I mean, when you really look back at it, it wasn't great. It was a, it, the offense Clifford wasn't great. Missed some balls. They had two very big explosive plays. Offense wasn't great. The defense played way better than I thought. Um, and then the other one was Bama is just, yeah, we should just assume going forward that they're going to be good because I was sitting on here. Like we just assume they're going to be great. Now there are, I'm not saying they're the perfect team. But like I think that the the media has taken off. Like nobody's gonna beat them. I I saw some things that weren't great. That I think a team like Georgia, once they get their offensive guys back, could could push Bama. But they're they're off and running just like every other Alabama team. And that was sort of just a surprise that like once again they just don't miss a beat. And I guess I don't 
at some point you expect them to fall off when they have to replace a ton, a ton of talent, but they just don't. They just don't. And, and like, it's an, it's an insane process they have down there. I mean, I of all my time of watching college football, I can only think of one year where there was truly a, a bad Alabama team and one year where there was a mediocre team, and that mediocre team still went to the college football playoffs. So, yep. <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely like they just don't like Clemson lost very similar production value and looks devastated. Like it's going to be down year. Alabama looks like they're just as good. It's insane. The machine they have built down there. Um, So that was just a surprise of just how good. Now, like I said, I I think there was, you know, can Bryce Young sustain the his performance under pressure because he was pressured on 53% of his dropbacks against Miami. That's going to be a problem if they don't get that cleaned up when they play Georgia. Like, Georgia's a far superior defense, and they showed that in the Clemson game. So it's not as if there were some things in that game where I'm sitting back going, all right, they're not, they have some kryptonite. We're nitpicking a little bit, but there is a way to beat them. They're not unbeatable, but it was a surprise just how much they don't even miss a beat off the bus. Um, And Miami was overhyped in that game. To be quite frank, yeah, I am now. I am really interested against for the Miami MSU game because that's a winnable game for you. Yeah, oh, it's a clearly it's a winnable game, but I think it's going to tell us where both those teams are for real. Like, I think after that game, I mean, we're also spot on again. That line is still trash. So now it was against Alabama, (laughs) but it's still garbage. (laughs) Like, it's De'Ara King is running for his life. Like, once again, my point last podcast. I would have just sat him for that game. The result would have been the exact same, but the risk of him getting injured was so high. That man was running for his life. It, it's kind of like the the Miami's offensive, like Miami's offensive line, kind of like they snap the ball and forget they're playing football. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's insane. Yeah. Um. All right, disappointments of the week. I'm gonna start Oklahoma D. I. Oh. <sighs> I am not <laughs> revising my take that they have a shot because I did when I when I propositioned them as my bet for the national championship. I did say it was going to take a second to figure out the defense, but they have the guys to do it. They're just going to need a minute to get going. But I did not expect it to be that far behind because that was I, I in part of my head. I and Spencer Rattler came out later and said, you know, they were. They were kind of sleeping at the wheel a little bit for this game, um, which isn't great. You don't want to hear it, but at least it was honest, and you could kind of tell that. But, yeah, that defense, I still think they'll be fine towards the back end. They've got plenty of time to clean it up. The secondary was a concern for me coming into this season, but I am disappointed. I thought they'd be a further ahead of schedule. They are further behind than where they should be. I did, too. I thought they'd be further ahead of schedule as well. And I, Although Spencer Rattler has all these ups and down moments like sometimes he can look like he's great sometimes he can look like maybe the best or the next baker mayfield or something one of the other oklahoma quarterbacks and other times he just looks like he's lost out there and it is crazy to see because he did the same thing at the beginning of last year and got benched yeah so granted he was a true freshman then but still he still has his ups and downs spencer rattler is one of those like QBs that you, I feel like everybody in the country wants him to do well because you can like see the potential, right? But then he makes, he makes some judgment calls where you're just like, why did you throw the ball there? Yeah, (laughs) that that. Why did you hold on to the ball? I I think that comes down to you're exactly right. Um, One, everybody wants to do him well because he has that arm talent that is so it's like Patrick Mahomes level of arm at college not obviously right now but where Patrick Mahomes was at Texas Tech it is very similar with the arm talent but I, and I think Tim will agree with me on this Spencer Rattler's problem seems to be that he wants to just be kind of the cool guy and you saw that in QB1 and you've heard the rumors down when he was in at, at Oklahoma right now where he isn't maybe the most on top of things from a preparation standpoint cuz he's much more about looking cool, making the cool play, getting the money. And I I don't know the kid personally, so I don't want to like launch that all on him. But those are the things I hear, and those are the things I've sort of seen through some of the things he's done. And I wonder if maybe that is the reason we see him holding on to the ball too long or trying to make an impossible throw um, when he really shouldn't be. Yeah, I wonder if that's part sometimes. of the reason. I wasn't going to go back that far, Nate. But when I was referencing his ups and downs, I was also referring to QB1 because there were some <laughs> games where they were like, where you were, were like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Like, this is an Oklahoma recruit who should be fine, 
who has all the like talent in the world. There, and there's no reason that they should be losing this game. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So I'm not officially folding back on my Oklahoma take. I still think the the defense they, they, they just they, need time to figure it out. That that's they all. They won that game by five points. I know it wasn't great. I'm not saying it was great. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not folding on the take yet. It was a disappointment, but I'm also not on the camp. Like there are some people in the country. Like I got a text from my buddy who went in on the bet with me. It was like you're starting to sweat yet, and I was like, I'm a little hot, but I'm not I'm not worried just yet. I'm a little hot. <laughs> oh man, I was watching that game, Nate, in like. Oh, one because I was laughing thinking about your your call that there will be national champions. <laughs> but two, looking at Oklahoma's defense come back on the field and like having flashback of the Spartans D coming back on the field. <laughs> you can just see them; ti- they're so tired because so many three and outs are happening. Like, yeah. oh, this is a you cannot take this through a whole year trust me oklahoma no not yes yeah it's got to get cleaned up and and part of my bet my rationale was they were going to have time to clean it up they don't actually have time to clean it up i thought the offense would be way ahead of the schedule and that's why it would give the defense some time they don't they don't have they got to get it cleaned up now um yeah their defense is vulnerable i like that and that's the other thing with spencer's rattler i don't have to worry about my defense that much if i can put up a hundred points on you before right which is what i thought they would be doing and that's why i was like they have time to figure it out and they will because the defense coordinator is great down there but it's yeah it's tough um i don't know if you guys had any disappointments of the week but that that was my big one I have a big bone to pick with All right. sports media and oh. this win that Texas got over <laughs> uh, the raging Cajuns here. So the game is 38-18. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything from any students. Robinson, great game, over 100 yards. We know that he will probably be playing on Sundays. With that said, Texas wins one game <laughs> against Louisiana, and all of a sudden, Texas is back. Texas and Michigan uh, – the sports writers for those schools need a reality check. They really do. I understand Texas is supposed to be good this year, but can we at least let them prove that they're going to be good? I I agree. I I mean they're a money making machine. They're 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 uh they're the Cowboys, the Yankees, the Lakers. Like even when they're bad, everybody <laughs> wants them to be good because they drive TV revenue. But I'm I'm with you. I like they performed better than I took Louisiana in that game on the spread. It obviously didn't pan out. It was a it was a bad pick, but I'm with you. I didn't see enough to be like, oh, Texas is back for sure. Like I think Arkansas is going to give them fits this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do too. And while we're on sports writers, can we also rag on PFF real quick? Oh, what do we want to go there? Five running, top five running backs in the country. I didn't realize Bijan Robinson only had 20 carries for 103 yards and one touchdown, but he was the number one running back. There's this little guy by the name of Kenneth Walker that we referenced earlier who didn't even crack the top five. I don't know what you're watching. I don't know if he missed like a block one time or something, but 260 yards and four touchdowns is a whole lot better than one touchdown to me, no matter how you you crack it up. And against a conference opponent, that's the thing that bothered me so much about Kenneth Walker not getting his highlight or getting his recognition this week is we played a conference opponent. We played Northwestern, and whether Northwestern is bad or good, and we can talk about that a little later, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still a conference game as your first game, as your yep. first game as a Spartan, too. At, mm-hmm. at, so, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Tim, what was uh, your disappointment of the week? You got one there? I guess my disappointment would be um, <laughs> North Carolina and how bad their <laughs> skill players worked and how they're just going to completely waste Sam Howell because Sam Howell looked like the guy that was on like a team full of scrubs where he's like, God, man, I just needed you to run the route that way. <laughs> or I don't disagree. Along those lines. But Sam because Howell made the dumbest play I've ever did, seen in that game. <laughs> yes, he didn't. He did some dumb things, but they also came towards the end where it was like he was trying anything he could at that point. I, I don't disagree. That game, I'm with you. I that was the one. Hand up. I I fucked that up. Um, sorry, mom. She she hates when I'm dropping the f bombs. It's just how it is. That I I messed oh, that hi, one up. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I messed it up because Virginia Tech was going to be in a better spot, and there was just so much missing from production wise. But I thought Sam Howell would be able to overcompensate that. That end of the game throw was Jameis. Est- I got flashbacks. <laughs> 
to the Jameis era with that throw. That man had timeouts, was in good field position, should have just ate the sack and moved on. And instead, he is throwing blindly. He is looking the opposite direction, throwing the ball blindly into play. What is Sam Howell doing? You are not a Heisman candidate if you're making those those kind of plays. I'm sorry, you're just not. I I bought in too high on him. Now, once again, it wasn't all his fault. His team failed him miserably. But that was one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. Yeah, that was a winnable you know, game. So that that North Carolina game was right before the Spartan game, so I didn't get to see much of it. Um, excuse me, but uh, one thing that sucks for North Carolina is they had all this hype and I like you said uh Nate I bought into the hype I'm like yeah North Carolina is is gonna be perfect we even talked about it like they're perfect to be that number two in the ACC and now all of that is kind of out the window not that Virginia Tech you know stats wise as you look at the stats Virginia Tech didn't have like a stellar game either so (laughs) no it's very winnable I I thought going into this this was a similar situation we talked about like UNC they were just going to dominate on both the defense and offensive line, and that was going to win them this game and give their skilled players some time to like yep. get adjusted and and learn timing with Sam Howell and everything. And that just didn't happen. I mean, they got they got bullied on the in the trenches at points. Like there were times where Virginia Tech's offensive line was blowing them off the ball, and it was it was shocking to see. Mac Brown's face at the end of the game was hilarious, though. <laughs> yes, all time picture. That was fantastic. All righty. Let's uh let's talk some games because there's some big ones here. I want to make sure we have time to get to the picks. We also have a, a millennial of the week call from Tim here. We have a trophy, an official Trophy Kids trophy, to now go with this uh, this high honor. Uh, but let's talk some games because there are a couple on the schedule that are that are intriguing. I think we should just start with the biggest one on the schedule. Well, might be the biggest one. I-, I would say probably the biggest one. Oregon Ohio State. It is a nooner game, early game for Oregon. You know. Just coming over to the East Coast, that's a that's a nine kickoff time in the body for them. Uh, Twelve versus three. The line last I checked was at fourteen and a half. Over under was set at sixty three and a half. Where are we going into this game? I'm, I'm got... very undecided. Oh, like, I'm the exact opposite. I, I I think I have faith in OSU here. Was, and my reasoning behind that is because I don't think OSU can play a lick of defense. That um, is not untrue. And I still don't think Minnesota's that great on offense. Um, their running back was going nuts until he tore his Achilles. But which, by the way, why are we still showing in zoomed in slow mode clips of that? Ever since the Kevin Ware injury, I literally cringe every time they zoom in on a leg injury. I could see that man's tendon shoot up his leg. It was but horrific. Did someone put it in the group chat. That was me. Yeah, Tim oh, did. Okay. I didn't <laughs> click on it after that, but I already I saw it. it was just his, I thought it was just a cramp, the way I looked at it. Yeah, Tim um, was like, he's just cramping. I thought it was a cramp was because his other, it, I was like, ooh, that didn't look good. And then I looked at it again, I was like, man, his calves are massive. That could have just been a cramp, because his other calf was about as big as the, as the one that popped. Tim is over here like, it's just a cramp. Meanwhile, I'm looking at my television, seeing this man's Achilles shoot up his calf, and I'm like, what are we watching here? Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but... Clearly wasn't watching the same thing, but um, I don't know that Ohio State's offense can, or defense can stop. I mean, sure, they're, they're going to score on just about every um, yeah. offensive possession. Um so, I'm, that's why I'm still undecided because this is, this is like the I want to have faith in Oregon to be able to keep a close game, but it's also like, you know, Ohio State, fool me once, <laughs> fool me once, shame on me, fool, fool me twice. Um, so, I don't know what I'm doing with this game. Yeah, but so here's my thing. <clears throat> While I agree with you, I don't think Ohio State's defense – can defend much here. I don't think Oregon's defense is going to do too much better. So, I don't know. I don't think this is where, and I know we talked about it last week, and I'm going to sound like a a broken record, but I, I think the the athletes will prevail here for OSU. That's possible. Plus, CJ Stroud has settled down a little bit because he didn't yeah. look great at the beginning of the game, but then he settled down and he kind of figured it out. Yeah. yeah, and that O line, that O line, let him figure it out. That was oh, the other yeah. thing. Yeah. So when you got that going for you, I, like you said, that Ohio State will probably score on most of their possessions. Yeah, 
This game I was so excited for it, heading into the season. I'm a little it it took a little shine off with the Thibodeau injury. Now it is a high ankle sprain for Oregon Thibodeau, who is the best player in the country. I mean, that was what I was really excited for. I was very much excited for, cause he makes, he gives the Oregon defense a completely different edge when he's in the game. Now he's still probably going to play all indications are he's going to play, but he's not going to be a hundred percent. And he is a guy, I mean, he is so good that he, some people had them as a high or had him as a Heisman contender. Now, obviously not winning it, but even the fact that as a defensive player on the line that you're even in that mm-hmm. conversation, speaks volumes to his ability. And he was. He is a game-changer, on-you-the-moment-you-snap-the-ball kind of player. Um, they're also without Mathis at the linebacker position. He messed up his knee last week. Uh, Sewell's going to have to step up for Oregon. The positive for Oregon here is they are getting their two projected starters for the year back. Um, they were suspended for some off-the-field off issues. Um, surprise, surprise, you, you get a close game. Uh, week one, you're heading to Columbus, and all of a sudden their suspension is over. Now we'll see if Cristobal, you know, holds them out for the first series or something to send a, a message. I'm not exactly sure what their infractions were, but you know they're going to be back, so they're getting help on the back end. The linebacking core is still really good. I, it, it, I was on Oregon at plus fourteen and a half hard mm-hmm. going into the season with Thibodeau not knowing what you're going to get out of him. That is a problem for me because he allows you to kind of. I'm not saying they're going to stop, they're going to you know, choke out Ohio State's offense here, but they were going to come up with some stops. They were going to come up yeah. with some breathing room for the offense to operate uh, because he is such a game-changer and dynamic game-changer. When you can bring pressure, especially in college, against a young quarterback like Stroud, who did figure it out towards the end of the game, but like it's a different speed. Like This defense is much much better than what they saw in Minnesota. That was appealing to me. Ohio yeah. State's boom or bust. I mean, they are the they are the quintessential Ohio State team. They are boom or bust as far as their production on both offense and defense. They are not consistent series to series at all right now. But they have the best wide receiving core in the country, and that makes them attractive mm-hmm. because, as you saw in the Minnesota game, they're down. You know, they're down for a while, but all of a sudden they're just like that, back in the game and on top. Yeah, I think you know, pointing to Oregon's defense here. It's who breaks first, right? Does the O line for Ohio State breaks first, or is the defense winded on Oregon's side? And oh, whatever happens, happens. I still think OSU has this game handedly, um, but we'll see. I, I, again, I'll put a caveat on that. I've been wrong a hundred times on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I think I'm gonna ride o- Oregon. I'm gonna see if the number gets a little bit higher here, but I, I think I'm gonna take Oregon on the the spread not to win the game i don't i don't think they're going to win the game because I, I i just don't think they have enough offensively here's what i'll say people that were also talking about their offensive game last week i don't know tim you tim and date you may have a feeling on this i feel as if they may have held some things back i have a feeling that they when they're off when they were planning their game plan for that week they were like let's not show everything because there were you know the defense was pretty open about it over this season it's year two of the new offensive scheme that in um fall camp the offense was starting to do some plays that was even throwing off the defense. They were like, "This is in- like this is interesting." They're the kind of tricks are going to come out for this game. They may have held some things back. I am unsure about Brown in the passing game, but he's a dynamic runner, which adds another level. Ohio State's going to have to be disciplined at linebacker. They weren't very disciplined last week. I don't know if that's going to change in a week, um, but I do wonder if they maybe held some things back offensively for this game, so you didn't see it on tape. Yeah, I'm thinking that that could be the case, especially with them doing the classic move of, oh, we'll just suspend these kids for Fresno State. It won't be that big of a deal, and then we'll get them back for a real game when we open up against at Ohio State. Um, <clears throat> now, this is a home game for Ohio State, so I don't know how I feel about that um, with fans starting to affect it, but I have heard that they're, that Ohio State doesn't look like they're going to be selling out this game. It sounded like that they were going to be under a hundred thousand for the first time in like two or three years. That's crazy. So, which is wild. Yeah, wild. Oh my goodness. Right. How, do you, so, how are you not selling out a OSU? I don't. I I don't know how they're not selling this. Is it? Out, but, wait. Does OSU have a uh, COVID? Um, like you have to prove that you're tested negative. I would yeah, doubt, I doubt it, that but... too. It's, it's Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Michigan State doesn't even have it. Why would Ohio yeah. have it? Yeah, I would be. <laughs> yeah. I would. I, as somebody who lives in Ohio, <laughs> I would be shocked to find yeah. that out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would bet. I'd bet a large sum of money that that is not the case. 
Yeah, and I don't know how many they were short, but it sounded like that they were tr- trending in the wrong direction for trying to sell this game out. That all being said, I do think that we'll see, and because that Minnesota game w- did end up being close mm-hmm. up until close to the end when when they came by and barely s- snuck out the uh, um, push there for you. But uh, I think I'm going to ride with the Ducks on here for the spread. Yeah, roughly 10,000 tickets for May. Damn, that's crazy. Um. Yeah, to me, it comes down to this. Uh, Like, the Minnesota offensive line is better than Oregon's offensive line. It's one of the best offensive lines in the country. It's ginormous. But outside of that, Oregon is better in every way than Minnesota. Um, Maybe not at quarterback. That's not true. Morgan's probably is a better quarterback. But he doesn't have the dynamic running ability that Brown brings to the table. So, to me, it feels like this could be could be closer but it, it comes down to Thibodeau for me and and how healthy he is that's why I'm also holding out I, I want to see what the read is on him coming into this because if he's 85 90 percent healthy that man is still a freak so but if he's if he's limping out there if he's barely getting out there well then this could be trouble fast yeah so. all righty next game Big Ten we're staying here Iowa Iowa State the line is Let's at three go. and a half. Iowa State is the favorite over under is at 46 and a half. What is our read going into this one? I think that's too many points, but I could be wrong. Or it's four and a half now, I think. I apologize. It's The number has moved to four and a half. So uh, four and a half four. spread. For, and you said in favor of um, Iowa, State. Iowa State. Iowa State. I don't like that. Yeah. Um, I like Iowa State to win this one. I don't know how they do it by four and a half. Um, Well, four and a half is still small, but Iowa looked very solid on defense. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how they're going to score. Yeah. And yes, Iowa State struggled, but they have a history of doing this. They kind of always come out of the gate slow. So I'm not that surprised to see them come out of the gate slow. And they're playing at home. I mean, we had just finished talking about how much home field advantage uh, plays into these games. So with that being said, I'd be more comfortable with Iowa State minus four and a half. I'd like to see that number come down to three, but four and a half, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of almost even plus another point and a half for home field advantage because usually evens or home field advantage is worth about three points. So this is a they're thinking that Iowa State might win this game by a point and a half. Just a very close game if it was on a neutral site. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be any hangover for the Hawkeyes. For, um, That's a good point. Not that Indiana was tough, but um, they still won handily. And they jumped up so far in the rankings, right? They're like 9 or 10 or something mm-hmm. like that. So it, it, there's that. But to Tim's point, even a good Iowa team isn't going to score a bunch of points on you. And um, can their defense just hold Iowa State under, I don't know, 21 points? If they can, if they can hold Iowa State under 21 points and they have a chance to win. If they can't, though, I think Iowa State wins this game. A close one, but they win. Yeah, this is a weird one for me because I, I look at this and, and to your point exactly, like I just don't know how Iowa's really going to score. They're very one-dimensional. Like, they're a running team, which they always have been, but like Iowa State is pretty stout defensively. Yeah, like they got off to a, a little bit of a rocky start in that game, but I went back and I watched that game. Outside of like the first couple series, once they kind of got settled into the game, they were very dominant on defense. And yes, Iowa State does, they do typically start slow, which is kind of weird because they are not the team that kind of sits back and gets caught by games. Like they're not. They don't. They're not big airheads, to say the least. Like they're 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 pretty realistic of what they are, and they want to get out the jump early. But it's this is. I don't love the number at four and a half. I'd feel much better at three. I don't hate the number at four and a half. To Tim's point, too, you're getting the the home field kind of bump there. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one because I just I don't know how I was really going to score outside of getting like an explosive run here and there. How they're going to move the ball? Like Spencer, did, like he did not look great. In, in that Indiana game. And Iowa State's a better defense. So I just don't know where... I don't know where the offensive production comes from Iowa. And, too, in that Iowa game, two of those two of those touchdowns were pick sixes from a, a quarterback in Indiana that could not step into throws. He was very uncomfortable the whole game. Like, you're not going to have that 
with Purdy at, at Iowa State. So I, I, I think this is going to be a very, very kind of just t- stereotypical Big Ten game. A lot of punting, well, but it. I just don't see the offensive production for Iowa here. Yeah, the other side of the ball, though, is like, you know, Iowa only lets up like two and a half, yeah. 2.7 something running. And we know that Iowa State is going to give the ball to Hall to run. I mean, he's one of the, you know, best uh, backs in the country. If not, maybe the best right now. I don't know. But um, if they can't adjust. So this is where I think this is this game might come down to coaching, right? Who can yep. make the adjustment first? Um, and I don't know if um, Campbell – has Campbell beaten Iowa? It's a good question. They didn't I don't win... know if he has. Yeah, I got to look that up. In all these games, too, when you look back at these – games over the last like decade they're all like within like three points um yeah. <laughs> except that one time they lost yeah million. yeah <laughs> but the, let me the vast majority of the games um yeah they lost by one point last year so yeah, 18 so. to 17 <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> this is also why iowa state should be in the big 10 because uh they play big 10 games <laughs> yes yes 100 percent they do um it is, yeah, they are the quintessential Big Ten team. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, this is a tough one. I think maybe the unders the play here. I I think I'm, oh, I shouldn't say that. I'm probably, I'm, I'm leaning Ohio or Iowa State. How many points did you say? Did you say 40-something? 40 46. That's 46. way too many points. Yeah. <laughs> too many? It's you think such, they're going to get more than 46 points? I don't know. I think this game's going to be 17, 18. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like last year. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I think 46 is way too many. I'm sorry. Yeah, I am leaning Iowa State in this because I just, I, I think at the end of the day, if a play needs to be made, they have the ability to do it offensively. But you're right. Like, it's it's a defensive slugfest here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if anybody else has any thoughts before we move on to the next game and then do our cards. But, it's, yeah, next game, it's, Kansas and Coastal Carolina, right? <laughs> I have my card, actually. How about Kansas storming the field? Like, what the I hell know, was that? Oh, my God. <laughs> you are in such bad places as a, a football program. program, <laughs> if I've ever seen one. My goodness. <laughs> oh, God. All right. The night game. This game was a heck of a lot interesting, more interesting before last week when Washington dropped to Montana. But Washington versus Michigan is the 8 o'clock game. This spread, last I checked, I have it at six and a half. Michigan is the favorite. What is our read here? Because I do have a take on this game. Over-under is at 48 and a half. Let me go first because I hate to be this person. After watching that Montana, it was Montana, right? Yeah. After watching that Montana game, I feel like Michigan should put a million points on Washington. So here's my problem with this. Uh, So... The one thing about the Washington game, which, and here's the problem about taking this pick right now, is we don't, they were down four wide receivers. Like, they were down three going into the game. The sec- I did not know that. Yeah, they they were down three. Then they had their fourth guy get hurt. He had to have emergency surgery on his chest for a, the, the injury in the game he sustained. So, like, they were down some offensive guys. They still shouldn't have lost. But Michigan's also down Bell. Like, Bell is gone for Michigan all season. Like, I don't – that's my concern in this game. I think Washington – I'm more concerned here that Michigan is somewhat in a letdown spot because Washington has something to prove. It's going to be a lot of running the ball. But I'm – Washington still plays good defense. I'm concerned about where offensive production comes if Bell's down in the passing game because when you watch that Michigan game, he's clearly the difference maker. Um, So I, I – that's the hard part in handicapping this one for me. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I hate to just be a contrarian against Michigan here, but I do kind of like Washington to bounce back. I know Nate liked him at the beginning of the year. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa, or whoa. not what? Nate. Nate did not like him at the beginning of the year. <laughs> Some people liked them at the beginning of the year. There are other shows and, on other networks that had them winning yes, the Pac-12, the, which was insanity if you know anything <laughs> about the Washington program. But sure, go yes, ahead. <laughs> they liked them at the beginning of the year. Um, and are, do you know if they might be getting those receivers back from I Washington? I had to look into it. There's not a whole lot out there. I think they might get like one. Was that another? Was that another one of those suspension things where they suspended for the first game against Montana, not thinking much about it, and then they come back? 
because um, that could have been part of it too. But I really don't know what to do with Michigan after Ronnie Bell is out. Um, their offense isn't that great without him. Um, now they have found a little bit of something in Cade where he's scored on so many possessions whenever he gets the ball, basically. Um, McNamara's been pretty good turning drives into points. So that is one positive for them. But I do kind of like the the Huskies to come in here and um, ruffle some feathers. I think Michigan has a tendency to get a little bit too overconfident in themselves as well. So they might have seen Washington lose to Montana and think, all right, we got this, boys. This is fine. We're just going to roll out here and run them over, and then we'll move on to the next week where that – I don't necessarily know if that will be the case. So. Yeah. You got, you got um, Washington giving up, or plus six and a half here, and that's kind of where my lean is too. Yeah, um, they are getting. Uh, it doesn't. I don't know if they're getting their receivers back. It looks like they're almost all injuries. Um, they don't know if they're getting the that core back. Um, also, I don't know about Michigan's defense. Uh, I know that Washington. Um, I know the that Montana sacked their quarterback a few times. Um, if that happens, Washington can uh, hang it up because once Michigan's defense gets going, uh, even a bad Michigan team, if their defense gets going, it's hard to stop them. Yeah, and so that was the other thing. The Washington offensive line was shocking. So one of them injured their hand. The other two, this is, I don't like Jimmy Lake. So the whole reason I was not high in the Washington program is because I am not a fan of the Jimmy Lake like system. Like he is very much like run the ball down your throat, you know, kind of like a very Big Ten Northwestern-y scheme that just is not going to work in the Pac-12. Uh, but he doesn't comment on injuries. Two of the wide receivers are a possible back for the Michigan game. Um, he had them listed for the Montana game, but they were held out. They did get injured so or before, so I don't know. One of them's definitely not playing, so they might get two of their guys back. But for me, yeah, it, it's the whole thing of, I just think this is a letdown spot for Michigan. Um, I, I think there's a bit of a revenge factor here. I think Washington is clearly embarrassed. I still think they have a very good defense, um, and I am concerned about production value on Michigan without um, so I am going Washington on this one at the plus six and a half. I think it's just too many points to not do that. Um, alrighty, cards. Tim, do you have a card on this one? I did just type one out. Perfect. All right, I'll go with mine. Um, real quick first. So mentioned Oregon. I am going to go Oregon plus fourteen and a half. I like Florida on the spread against South Florida. South Florida is a bad football team, like a very bad football team. And Florida is still trying to figure out their quarterback situation. Like Mullins is not stuck to either guy. Um, both guys saw saw playing time last game, and he ran the offense pretty much the same uh, how he wanted to run it for both quarterbacks. So he didn't kind of ease up, even though they were winning big in that game. BC, Boston College, it is the red bandana game. Um, anniversary of September 11th is this uh, week. They are going to roll with the red bandana, which is an away game for them at UMass, which is kind of weird because it is such a, it's a motivational thing for for BC. The spread is thirty seven and a half. I think BC is going to kill UMass. They're better than Pitt. BC is better than Pitt. Pitt murdered them last weekend, um, and it was. And I like BC to kind of fight in the ACC and and kind of surprise some teams. So I like BC minus thirty seven and a half. Um, I like South Alabama. So there's a handicapper. I very much respect, um, pain insider out there who turned me on. I was listening to one of his podcasts and he had mentioned South Alabama last week. I turned into their game. I'm going to ride South Alabama this week at minus 13 and a half. They look like a pretty good football team. So I am, uh, I'm riding that wave, not an original Nate pick, but I did. I didn't bet them last week. I tuned in. I watched, I like them. I'm rolling with them. Kentucky, minus five and a half. Kentucky's going to kill Missouri, I think. Kentucky is a football team. They're going to surprise some teams in the SEC. I don't know how you all feel about them. I am high on Kentucky as far as being able to compete in the SEC. Coastal Carolina, minus 25 and a half. Kansas is a sorry program, as Dante has alluded to. They're rushing the field, beating an FCS team. That is embarrassing. Washington, plus six and a half. I'm going to add to this card, but my final one, Utah versus BYU, the Holy War at BYU. I am so high on Utah this year. Charlie Brewer is the man. That defense is going to be a top 10 defense. I have Utah minus seven and a half in that game. I love the Utes. It's going to be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. 
but I love the Utes. I, they're just a better team. Gotcha. Didn't touch the Clemson, South Carolina. No, I also <laughs> didn't touch the Georgia one. Georgia has some major injury concerns. Um, we yeah. didn't really talk about the Georgia Clemson game. I was right with them. No big deal. Um, Double down with the money line. But JT Daniels might be out for this game, for the Georgia game. He has an oblique issue, I think is what they said. They're having a COVID spike within the program. They're Mm -hmm. down already offensive guys. People were losing their minds. People need to chill out. Like, you expected them to bake a pizza with just tomato sauce and bread. All right? Like, they got the job done. It was serviceable and edible last week. But, like, they're going to be just fine when they get back their their key contributors on offense. Um, I'm I'm still very high in Georgia to to threaten Alabama. But, yeah, that program is – they're in some trouble injury-wise and availability-wise right now. Gotcha. Yeah. I have a pretty short card this week. I'm up at a charity golf outing, so not as much time in front of the TV, so only really betting on games that I really want to pay attention to and watch. Um, Oregon, plus 14.5. I'm going to take them. Um, Arkansas, I'm going another underdog pick here. Arkansas, plus 7. ND Toledo, my Toledo Rockets, baby. (laughs) Over 55, just going for the over in that game. Um, BC, minus 37. That's got us... That's the red bandana game. Got to bet on that every time. Hundred uh, percent automatic. Wash, exactly. It, it, you hear red bandana. You you look at this. You don't even look at the number. You just bet it. Um, <laughs> it's true. Washington, Washington plus seven. I think they'll put up a little bit more of a fight to Michigan than people are expecting. Um, I don't like their offense without Ronnie Bell, as I had stated, and I just think that they could catch them. It's a classic up down thing. Michigan might have gotten a little too high on themselves um, after beating up Western, and we'll look to see them come back down to earth a little bit in this Washington game. I'm not picking Washington to win. I don't even really want to sprinkle money line there. Um, it's just I think they'll cover this, the seven number. Yep. And then Iowa State, Iowa State minus four and a half. I started looking at my cards. Oh, I'm on a that. Few too many, a few too many underdogs there. Had to sprinkle in a favorite there, so I think Iowa State will cover the four and a half in this game. I, I'm with that as well. Add that to my card. I, I'm looking. I'm going to add probably later here this this week. So make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. I'm looking into the Middle Tennessee Virginia Tech game because I think that could be a letdown spot for Virginia Tech to cover a 20 point spread 20 essentially. Points. Yeah, I don't know if they can score that many points. That's yeah. a lot. So I'm looking into that a little bit more. I'm not confident enough to pull the trigger just yet, but I think that's a letdown spot. Um, what about this app state Miami? Dude, I don't know. I don't know about oh. that one. I saw that and I was like, that just feels like a wormhole that I'm going to be going down at like two in the morning. and I'm just going to stay away. But I saw that it caught my eye too, Dante. I was like, hold yeah. up. What now? <laughs> Miami at minus nine. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing I like on this is a app state little throw a little bit at the money line here. Um, but I'm not doing it. Not at all. Because I do not want, Michigan State Spartans to go up against an 0 2 Miami Hurricane no. team. No. Um, no, no, that no, is no. the last thing I want to see. I want to see them blow out App State. Um, and then maybe they'll get a little too high on themselves. So Michigan State come in and catch one. Um, but I do not. I'm interested in this game, but I do not really want to bet on this game. Um, Alrighty. Last thing before we wrap up Tim, you've got an award to give out. I have the award. Millennial of the Week, the trophy. In case you were wondering, it says, congratulations on adulting. So that is the <laughs> that is the trophy kids do trophy. <laughs> We've been giving out for the Millennial of the Week. Congratulations on adulting here. Um, Tim, what we got here? Where, where's our Millennial of the Week? I have a tie for a Millennial of the Week here. All and right. it is a tie because these two might be the only two still playing in college football that are actually Millennials. And that is the quarterback for South Carolina, Zeb Norlin, who was a grad assistant. <laughs> I saw this. Converted to a starting quarterback. And then also Nick Starkle, because uh, who, who knew that he was still playing college football at this point? Um, uh, so those two are my Millennial of the Week uh, trophy winners because uh, they're probably the only two that are still Millennials in the NCAA. <laughs> it's true. It's fair. <laughs> Um, I think we need to change it back to the participation trophy of the week. That that'll give us more time. But yes, those those will get our millennial shout outs this week. <laughs> yeah. 
Or we, I mean, it's funny because now we have to move on to professional because all the millennials are professionals now. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. The scariest part, too, is like they, when you look, like, look at Arizona's roster. Like Chad Johnson's kids, I think, on that team. Like there are there are people's like children that are now that we grew up watching in the NFL that are now on college rosters. Like I think the that average age of the Detroit Lions is four years younger than I am. That I saw a meme today of the Stanford, I think Kansas State game. It was like John Lynch's kid was playing, Emmett Smith's kid was playing, and somebody else's kid. Your oh, safety. um, Winfield. What? No, well, Winfield's on the Bucks. Yes, I'm aware of that. Um, go my Bucks tonight. No, there was um, there was one more. I can't remember who it was. There was somebody else in that game. Another Hall of Famer. I think it was a quarterback. Which, which game? Stanford, Kansas State, I think. But uh, it was just funny because it's like, damn, I watched all those dude stats. Well, not Emma Smith really, but all the other ones play. Um, all right, final news, big news. Michigan State's changing their song, I guess. I don't know. Dante's been all over this. I saw they're hijacking uh, LSU's song for their hype, the greatest hype video ever when they went to the national championship. But uh, I saw I saw there's a change change coming at MSU, and Dante is all over it on but social. Somebody hates Thunderstruck. <laughs> yeah, Thunderstruck. Because we play. This is one of the games we play every time we meet up as a tailgate group, and I always, <laughs> almost always, get caught on the. Little, little loop. long part, <laughs> yeah, the loop. So I, I hate Thunderstruck. Also, it's Thunderstruck, and as we just our our conversation previous to this is very pertinent because there aren't even millennials on that Michigan State team, so <laughs> they damn sure don't know what Thunderstruck was. I, I had never even heard Thunderstruck until uh, I became a Spartan, and that's what they started to run out to. So yeah, it looks like they're gonna change the song to Swag Surf. Swag surfing, which again is still an old song within itself. So yep. it's, it, it got so it much hype though because of that that LSU hype video from the national championship year because that was the song they had in it. Which, by the way, greatest hype video ever before a game. Um, but yeah, I did see that. I immediately started kind of swaying in my seat a little when I when I was watching the Michigan clip that you retweeted out for that. I was like, all right, I can feel this. This 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 can be an opening. I like it. I like it. Are they doing like a, a Texas A&M sway thing to it or no? Just I'm sure they. I mean, the crowd is. Yeah, the crowd is definitely gonna do it, but it also means they they won't because thunder because swag surfing is such a slow song in the beginning. It they probably aren't running out right. They're probably walking out. So yeah, that's fair. I well, don't know exactly what they're doing because Sparty's not running out in front of everybody anymore either. He's coming yeah. out with the team. Interesting. Interesting. So they might all be linking arms. Yeah. All right. Um. Any other final thoughts before we wrap this up? Thanks to MSU new bag man. Yes, then that's you five hundred dollars to five hundred bucks a month. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Men's basketball, men's football. I love it, and I also owe... legislators in Michigan stay away. Yeah, I don't stay love don't love what they're trying away. to do there. Yeah, no. don't love that. Um, I'm just gonna say, go Bucks. Cowboys suck. Uh, they are they are all pasta, no sauce. It is it's gonna be a bloodbath in Tampa tonight. This this is coming out Friday, so we're gonna have either a very happy Nate on uh, social tonight, or uh, it's gonna be a pretty pretty sad Nate. But uh, we we are kicking off here relatively soon, so I I do have to go. But go Bucks, yes. um, and we will we will talk to you all uh, next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.